0: I find it disconcerting. There will be an appropriate time and a place to review policy. What does this rapporteur even do? The liberals and conservatives want to play a little game and score points. I think it's pretty
1: self-explanatory. You're actually sharing half of the story.
0: lies, lies, lies.
1: It is that time in the week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, when we have a conversation clearing the air and getting to the fine print of all those misspoken words? And we do that with Mr. Tom Korski, managing editor of Black Reporter. Haven't talked to you in a while. Good morning, Tom.
0: Uh, good morning, Alex. Anything new? <laughs> Yeah, there's something there's some new things yes
1: i know you know i had to go back to last week cuz i i was you know off last week and i thought oh i should talk to tom about that in a while and then uh, of course I, I didn't get a chance to talk to you but so i wanted to talk to you about something that you guys uh, had found right after the um divorce uh, proceedings were announced by the trudeau's and i want you to explain to me um how is it that sophie gregoire is exempt from conflict of interest disclosure uh, and this would have to do with her separation agreements with the Prime Minister. I mean, they have to, the spouse of a of a public official or office holder has to, I guess, go through this pro te- process of making sure that all legal and ethical decisions have been sorted, but um, obviously they had their house in order, um, because they've done all that, and uh, they've already filed the papers, um, but but is this unique to her, the way they did it?
0: What's interesting is this is a uh, legislation passed by parliament's called the Conflict of Interest Act. What does it say? says that if you are the spouse of a public office holder, for instance, the prime minister, you must disclose your income and assets for obvious reasons. We saw, for instance, in the case of We Charity, family members were a point of contact by a federal contractor. That happened. We're not making it up. In the case of uh, Mrs. Trudeau, when they announced the split, there was very peculiar phrasing, my opinion that appeared in their statement. She said, with ashes of love, all burnt out. We have a legal, legal separation agreement. That's written by your lawyer. That's very oh, interesting yeah. phrasing because that who, is who an talks exemption. Like that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no one talks that way. That's grounds for exemption for disclosure under the Act. Parliament said if you have either a divorce decree." or a legal separation agreement, you do not have to disclose your income or assets. Well, you say, so what? What does that have to do with Mrs. Trudeau? Funny you should mention. A year ago, she registered a federal corporation on Bridgman Avenue at her lawyer's office in Toronto. A year ago... And that's unusual for a prime minister's spouse to register a corporation in a city she doesn't live in. What is the company going to do? Communications services, quote, unquote.
1: <laughs> she give farmer services out to his MPs. Get,
0: and yeah, yeah. It, it happens to be exactly the case. Could she work for federal contractors and, and not disclose it? Under the yeah. Act, she could. I'm not saying she will. I'm saying it's all a little bit odd. And when someone says it's not about the money, it's usually about the money.
1: Generally, which is why you follow the dollar, if you want to find out what the story is about. Albeit, you know, uh, they definitely this had been in the works for a while. Um, but here's the problem, there's no ethi- do we have an ethics commissioner yet?
0: There is no ethics commissioner. What is yeah. happening is the office <laughs> is, they're taking complaints, keeping notes. It means that they don't have a commissioner to lead an investigation, but uh, they've explained this to MPs who expressed some unease with the absence of a commissioner, and they testified in the Commons Ethics Committee before the summer adjournment that the uh, statute of limitations on these investigations is so broad, it's several years, don't worry about it, that they can, they can, if this was a strategy to forestall any ethics investigation, it just means it's going to be delayed.
1: Right. Yeah, I, which is exactly what they would like to do. Uh, meanwhile, so we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, some interesting data coming out because there's a new narrative of, with the the Trudeau government. Certainly, since their cabinet shuffle, that to question anything on immigration is to be a racist. But um, it, you know, when when you look at the in house research done by the Department of Immigration, there are a lot of worries uh, from Can- Canadians across the board of these increases to um, who comes in five hundred thousand a year and. it's not racist. It's people are like, where where are these people going to live? Where are the houses? Where are the doctors? Absolutely. Where are the supports? Yeah.
0: This was polled by the Department of Immigration. This is in-house research. This is their research. And they paid a uh, pollster handsome money to hold 18 focus groups right across the country. And they asked people this question, and they found universally the same opinion was expressed. There was a consensus of opinion by Mr. and Mrs. Canada. What did they say? They said, of course, immigration is fine. Unless you're Indigenous, how do you think we got here? But the question is is exactly that. Where are they supposed to live? Where are their kids supposed to go to school? What doctor will they be getting when there's 4 million Canadians who don't have a family doctor? In other words... It's all well and good for cabinet to be a hero and to hand out flags at the airport as half a million foreigners land in Canada. But you can't leave it up to the counties, the cities, the towns, the municipalities to solve all these problems. That's not fair. That's what the focus groups told the department. The fact they polled it tells you, Alex, they're sensitive to that. I'm not saying they're looking for remedies, but they're aware that that's valid criticism.
1: Yeah, and yet they're doubling down, and they've now moved the former immigration minister to housing. <laughs> so he knows exactly how many houses he has to build, but uh, it's better if he builds a good uh, talking point than actually getting it done. So I'm not sure how Sean Fraser is going to fix what he knows he can't fix for the number of people he knows himself he's allowed in.
0: The, absolutely. This is all on the table, too. This is, and this is not Internet conspiracy talk, as you mentioned, Alex. The superintendent of banks... Peter Rutledge has testified in a Senate Banking Committee. So these are serious people who said, look, you are short. You have a chronic shortage of housing based on annual need due to immigration and kids leaving the house, uh, getting married, wanting to start a family, doing what happens as life takes its course. You're down minimum forty to 50,000 units a year. That's minimum. Alex, that's serious. How many years have to pass before mm. you're now chronically down? And uh, CMHC has said you, you you are in total. They call they call it affordability. So we they're accounting for cost. You're down about four hundred thousand per year, leading to twenty thirty. Yeah. It's it's a disastrous shortage of housing.
1: Yeah, it is a it is definitely a, a disaster in, in coming in. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I don't know where the cost on this thing came up, and I don't know why the common speaker Anthony Rota would be going. But a hundred and fifty thousand junket dollar junket to the South Pacific. Why, why is the common speaker going there and bringing all his friends?
0: Three days, three days in For Australia. Three days. Yeah, honestly, one hundred and fifty thousand three days. One of the uh, members in his party was a guy by the name of Charles Robert, who's clerk of the House of Commons, who had announced his resignation after they caught him sleeping at work. I'm not making this up. And it was a jolly holiday. And, you know, it's funny. This was the same year. That's this year. Cabinet had announced it would cut discretionary travel by 15%, tough times, tough people, and how many times have you heard the climate change speech? And this is why no one really listens to that anymore, because they don't mean it. No one would take a $150,000 useless trip to a three-day meeting in Canberra, Australia, at the taxpayer's charge, unless you wanted a free holiday. So then don't talk about austerity, tough times, or climate change. But they like it both ways. And this is why you have public cynicism. It's kind of infuriating, isn't it? But there we have it.
1: A little bit, yeah, just a little bit. Nonetheless, it's going to be fascinating over the next few months as we watch all the fallout. All right, Tom, hey, nice to talk to you again. I feel like the world is in order, and I can move on with my world. Appreciate it. We'll talk Thank again.
0: You. Thank you, Alex.
1: That is Tom Korski. He is with BlackLocks, a reporter. And, of course, you can subscribe. You get your money's worth for sure on that one. And um, if you miss a segment, don't worry. We post this one online. So you can always hear it there. But he joins me Tuesdays and Thursdays, 1045.